What is going on, Yankee fans? Jeremy Laracuente here for the Pinstripe Plunge Report. We bring you all things New York Yankees. And on today's launch episode, the pilot episode of this particular podcast, we're going to be looking at several different topics in and around the Yankee universe. So uh, we're going to cover Aaron Judge and a possible extension, something that we discussed on the Baseball Banter broadcast. The first base situation, the shortstop situation, a retired number that begins and a brand new uh, set of commentators on the Yes Network. So we're going to get into all these things and much, much more here on the podcast. So I want to thank you guys for joining me and let's get into the first topic, shall we? All right. So as we begin looking at the first topic, I want to start with the big news that broke uh, a couple of days ago, and it is that of the fact that Paul O'Neill has finally gotten the respect that he deserves. His number 21 has finally been officially retired by the New York Yankees in a ceremony on August 21st of 2022. We will see the hallowed number of the warrior to the number 21 finally be retired by the New York Yankees. This is long overdue in my opinion. I think that it's absolutely a a question and a joke, honestly, that it's been such a long time that we have not had Paul O'Neill's number retired already. We've seen Posada. We've seen Jeter. We've seen Mo, obviously, um, you know, Bernie Williams amongst several others from that generation um, yeah, and the generations prior, Don Mattingly, you know, the Yankees have a plethora of numbers that have been retired. And the fact that the Warrior, one of the most beloved figures from that, you know, late 90s, early 2000s dynasty, not have his number retired as much as he's beloved by fans is absolutely a joke to me. It makes absolutely no sense, none whatsoever. And I just, you know, have to begin to question why it's taken so long. Obviously, Paul O'Neill is a beloved member of the Yankee universe, uh, of the Yankee franchise. He's a, a commentator on the Yes Network. And, you know, to me, this is absolutely a long, well overdue, uh, you know, tribute by the New York Yankees, something that should have been done a very, very long time ago. But I'm finally it's finally happening. I'm thankful And, you know, uh, different things have come out uh, in the past couple of days since the news broke uh, of Paul O'Neill being kind of choked up. You know that he's, you know, a humble guy, a humble dude that um, absolutely loves the game of baseball, loves the New York Yankees. And, you know, to to hear the emotion that has kind of come through from his side, you know, being um, kind of taken aback by by all of it. Absolutely well deserved. That couldn't happen to a better human being. Um, And speaking of Yankee commentators, the next uh, topic here on the podcast, Carlos Beltran and Cameron Mabin are now going to be a part of the Yes Network broadcast team. Uh, Carlos Beltran is said to be uh, commentating on about 36 games, the same number that he wore for the New York Yankees. Cameron Mabin is going to be uh, commentating and joining the Yes booth for 40 games this season. I think it's going to be interesting to see how both of these guys, uh, both of these former Yankees kind of fit into the the team at Yes, fit into that Yes Network booth. Um, I think both can provide a lot of insight. I'm most notably excited for Carlos Beltran. I think that, you know, Beltran is is, uh, 
absolutely a genius. His mind is second to none when it comes to the game of Major League Baseball. Obviously, he's listed as the architect behind the 2017 Astro sign stealing scandal. And, you know, while I think that that's also going to potentially hurt his Hall of Fame case come next season, uh, you know, next year in 2023, when that that ballot comes due, um, I think that when you look at his mind for the game, this is going to be something that those 36 games are going to be must watch games, must listen to games. Um, I think Beltron is going to be for me the the epitome of what David Cohn was on the pitching side of things. Absolutely loved hearing David Cohn. I think it's a it's a beautiful honor that he's going to be calling those ESPN games. I think that he's it's well deserved in my opinion. Coney to me is one of the best minds in baseball. I would have loved to have had Cone jump into the Yankee uh, pitching coach job, especially after the Yankees let go of, of uh, Larry Rothschild. And, and before bringing in Matt Blake, I think Coney would have done an amazing job for the, the yes, the Yankees in, in that role as the, um, you know, pitching coach. Just listening to the way that that Cone speaks about the game, speaks speaks about the art of pitching to me, absolutely one of the best minds in baseball, and to me one of the most underrated minds in baseball when it comes to the pitching side of things. Um, you know, reach out to me on Twitter and uh, at jlaracuente19 and, and tell me your thoughts on David Cone um, as a potential future pitching coach. Uh, in the world of Major League Baseball, whether it be for the Yankees, Mets, or, you know, Blue Jays, anybody, let me know where you think he could possibly end up. Uh, personally, again, I'd love to see him join the Yankees coaching staff uh, and be one of their pitching coaches. I think that his mind for for the sport is absolutely incredible, and I think that Beltron is going to be able to provide that for the hitters. I think bringing him back is really going to – and. You know, uh, I covered this on a video on the uh, Baseball Banter broadcast on our YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, uh, where we discuss all things Major League Baseball. Uh, but I had a video specifically discussing Carlos Beltran. And, and when you look at what Beltran can be for the New York Yankees, I think that this is a, a player and a mind that can truly help, you know, give the the Yankees uh, a different mindset a different mentality and uh, allow the the Yankees to be able to fulfill something that maybe has been missing a, a void that has been missing in terms of of their capability in terms of their edge their their functionality and you know it, it may seem a little bit extra a little bit you know exaggeratory to to kind of give this much weight to somebody being brought in as, as a color commentator uh you know for 36 games but i think bringing beltron back to the yankee organization is going to provide the yankees with a, a different mindset going into this 2022 campaign and potentially beyond i think that the yankees missed the the boat missed the opportunity by bringing in Beltron as the the manager um, instead of bringing Aaron Boone back. Uh, I know that the Yankees, you know, Brian Cashman and, and most notably Hal Steinbrenner have a, a big belief in Aaron Boone. And this is going to be a big year uh, for, for Booney. It's going to be a big year for Cash. I think that there's going to be a lot of eyes on those two guys. I'm working on a, a, 
you know, video essay for our YouTube channel, the baseball banter broadcast, my YouTube channel about, um, you know, 10 of the most important baseball people in 2022 season. Um, you know, and, and just to give you a little bit of a spoiler here, Cone, uh, you know, Cashman and Boone find themselves on that list. So I think that it's going to be really interesting to see how things kind of shake out for, uh, you know, the, the Yankees, how they shake out for the entire, uh, you know, Beltron situation. I want to see how that shakes out, how people kind of, whether they're not, they gravitate to him, um, you know, and, and really be able to see whether or not this is going to allow Beltron to kind of rehabilitate his image the same way that when A-Rod went on Fox and went on ESPN, how that kind of rehabilitated his image following all of the uh, PED stuff from the biogenesis scandal and the year-long suspension and all of that. So it'll be very interesting to see how all of that shakes out. Now, uh, as we move on to the next topic here, um, when you look at the Yankees and their current roster construction, right? When you look at what they are going to be able to, to really bring to the table in 2022, as a fan of the New York Yankees, as a diehard, beloved Bronx Bomber fan, you have to begin to question what exactly the Yankees are doing, right? Before the lockout, nothing was done. And in all honesty, I didn't really expect the Yankees to go out and do much before the lockout, uh, you know, got started. We knew it was coming. It was, it was, there was no way it wasn't going to happen. So you knew they were going to wait. They were going to see what this new CBT, the competitive balance tax was going to be. You knew that they needed to see what that threshold, what that, you know, pseudo salary cap was going to be in order to really best utilize their financial flexibility, their financial capability. And I think that, you know, there's a, a lot to, to question and to wonder in terms of what the Yankees are going to do. And not just wonder and question what they're going to do in terms of their first base situation, you know, and we're going to get to that in a second. Their shortstop situation, something else we're going to get to in a moment, but their center field situation. What happens with the, the pitching staff? What happens behind Garrett Cole? You know, what can we expect from Severino? What can we expect from Montgomery? Are, are the young guys going to be able to provide something? Devi, Clark Schmidt, uh, Luis Hill, are these guys going to be able to provide the Yankees with any sort of consistent and reliability going forward in 2022 and beyond? So there was always going to be these question marks, right? So I, I think that when we look at roster construction for the New York Yankees, and I'm going to be also putting together a video essay uh, after this whole logout situation as to what I believe will be the Yankees, you know, opening day roster, you know, whenever that opening day will, will be. As we know, you know, with this whole lockout situation, I have an episode out of the Baseball Banter podcast today that focused in on updating everything that was going on with the lockout as of a couple of days ago. And, you know, we also covered some stuff on the, the YouTube channel, again, the baseball banter broadcast. And in those, those conversations, in those discussions, the, the idea that February 28th is a hard deadline. Now, this is the, the latest round of updates, a hard deadline to not miss 
the March 31st opening day start. And at the time of this recording, it is the uh, 23rd, Wednesday, the 23rd of February. So we're looking at five days at the time of this recording. In, in reality, four days from when, uh, you know, they're going to be capable of meeting again at the time of this recording. Uh, by the time this airs, because I believe this, I'm going to have this come out on Friday, the 25th. So at that point, you're looking at three days. You're looking at uh, uh, one last weekend from the time that this airs before the deadline for not missing March 31st as opening day. How the Yankees are going to construct their roster from that point on, it's anybody's guess. And I think that there's, you know, some serious voids, some serious spaces to figure out for the Yankees. There's some serious questions that have to be answered, right? So let's begin with the the first base situation. Now, right now, the only first baseman on the Yankees depth chart is that of Luke Voigt. On our YouTube channel, we covered you know, three potential trading destinations for Luke Voigt. And the reason we did that is because there's a lot of speculation online that Luke Voigt will not be the Yankees opening day first baseman, whether they pursue Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rizzo, bringing back Rizzo, uh, go after a trade for, for a guy like Matt Olson. Honestly, Eric Hosmer is likely going to be a name that is, is available. You know, so there, there's some different opportunities and some different positions uh, players available at the position of first base. And, you know, we, we covered the possibility that Voight will not be the guy to to man that position for the Yankees. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of conversation and a lot of rumor right now on Freddie Freeman and not re-signing with the Braves. I think there's a lot of ground that is being, uh, you know, stirred up, a lot of, of you know, smoke that is billowing in terms of the Freddie Freeman no longer being an Atlanta Brave market. And, and as the old saying goes, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think that Atlanta is likely not going to want to pay Freddie Freeman what Freddie Freeman is worth. And I think that that's going to allow the Yankees an opportunity that they probably didn't think they were going to have at the beginning of the offseason. Now, the question really becomes whether the Yankees need to bolster first base or handle their vacancy, their absolutely open, blotting hole at shortstop. Now, in my opinion, right, and, and this is obviously this entire podcast is just my opinion, right, and, and everybody is entitled to their own opinion. That's the, the biggest point that I want to start with. Everybody has their own opinion. I want to hear your opinion in the comments. I want to hear your opinion. Follow me on Twitter, JLadock19, and let me know your thoughts on what the Yankees shortstop situation needs to be. Because I think that there's a, a, you know, a big opportunity for the Yankees to kind of make a bold statement. And in my Yankee offseason rant video on our YouTube, on my YouTube channel, I, I made a very big, bold claim about wanting Carlos Correa. And the main reason, one of the main reasons I wanted Carlos Correa was not even so much because of how good of a player he is, right? This is going to be one of the best and premier shortstops in all of baseball in 2022, no matter what team he plays for, right? So let's get that out of the way right off the bat. But 
What's going to be the most important thing about Carlos Correa as a New York Yankee is he's going to give them their edge back. He's going to give them the opportunity to be that evil empire once again. You know, to to be that, what did Cashman call it? The operational Death Star. Like, this is what I'm talking about, right? This is going to be what the, the, the Yankees have to be, right? This is, for the Yankees, to be able to get back to being the best, to get back to being that team that is feared. There's no other way to do it outside of bringing in a guy with that, that, that brings the kind of vitriol and the kind of venom that Carlos Correa brings. There's a flair, there's a fire, there's a passion to this player. You know, a couple of years back when the Yankees lost to Tampa Bay in in the divisional round of the the 2020 season, I went on TikTok, and it was one of the few TikToks I had made at the time, and I said I wanted Alex Cora. At the time, Cora was being, uh, you know, suspended from baseball for a year for his involvement in the Astros sign-stealing scandal, and... You know, the the idea of bringing in the guy who was the Red Sox manager in 2018, right, to bring him in, to answer the, the bell, to, to be the guy, to take the ball, to take the mantle of Yankees manager. I wanted Cora because of that fire, because of that passion, because he was going to light a fire and bring the the chip on his shoulder mentality to the Bronx, back to the Bronx, bring an edge back to the Bronx. To me, Carlos Correa is the player form of that edge, of that chip on your shoulder, of that I'm going to do what I'm going to do, mental, like go balls to the wall mentality. This is going to be that guy who is not going to give a like it's that's he's that player right this is going to be the guy that is going to light a fire that is going to light a flare that is going to be the dramatic player right this is going to be the guy that that causes other teams to hate the new york yankees once again the yankees have become far too friendly of a team to other teams they are no longer viewed as a threat no longer viewed as the place to play and the yankees have to get back to that they have to get back to being that team. You know, they have to get back to the the evilness. They have to get back to that. You know what I mean? This is this is that squad. This has to be that team. And it's like when when you're dealing with the a, a team like the New York Yankees, right? When you're dealing with the the opportunity that you have as a, a world famous franchise, when you're dealing with the opportunity of being the 27 time World Series champions, you have to back that up at some point, right? And, and the Yankees were known as the evil empire. They they went out and bought the best free agents. The Yankees haven't bought the best free agents in, in a long time. And yes, they got Garrett Cole a few years ago. Cool, no problem. $324 million to a starting pitcher. Cool, fine. They went out and got the guy. 
But the last time the Yankees went out and got multiple guys was the year that they brought in Ellsbury, Beltran, and Brian McCann. That did nothing for us in all honesty because the Yankees are graded in championships. That's how we as Yankee fans grade this franchise, right? So if if we haven't seen a World Series championship since the time before that that the Yankees went out and brought in multiple guys in CeCe Sabathia, A.J. Burnett, and Mark Teixeira, that was the last time the Yankees have won a World Series championship. It's the, the 2010 right to 2019 decade was the first decade since 1901 to, uh, uh, what was it, the, from 1900 to 1919 that the Yankees had not made a World Series appearance. It's absolutely unbelievable to me. It makes no sense that the Yankees have missed an entire decade's worth of World Series appearances. You didn't even have to win one, right? You just had to make it there. And the Yankees couldn't make it there in 10-plus years. We are now. We're on, what, year 12, 13 now we're going into if the Yankees don't make it this year? It is absolutely paramount that the Yankees get back to being that evil empire. It is absolutely paramount that the Yankees get back to being that team that instills fear in opponents. It is absolutely paramount that the Yankees get back to being that hated team. And and what better way to do it? What better way to do it than bring in Carlos Correa as the loudmouth, brash, talking shortstop? What better way than to bring in Freddie Freeman, a guy you were not even expected to compete for, a guy you weren't expected to be involved in the sweepstakes for, right? Now you go get a high-priced first baseman who plays great defense, is a left-handed bat in that short porch and right field is going to absolutely rake, right? Then, then you move Glaber Torres back to second base. In my opinion, you can use Glaber as a trade piece because you're already paying for DJ LeMahieu. You're already paying for DJ, right? You got him for X amount of years. You already got him, right? Cool. Put him back at second base where he's a gold glove second baseman, right? Use Glaber as a trade bait to go get Luis Castillo from the Cincinnati Reds, right? Make that happen. Put Correa back at shortstop, right? Gio Urshela can play third or, hey, let's get real crazy, right? Let's get real extra right now. And you bring in, you go after, you you call Oakland like, hey, bro, we know you're not going to compete, so let, let us get Matt Chapman, right? Now, yes, this is absolutely a, a crazy shopping list, a crazy request wheel that I'm putting out here, right? Th- this is absolutely bananas, absolutely bonkers stuff that I'm putting out there. But when you think about it, that's exactly and absolutely what it would be for an evil empire, Right. If the Yankees are going to get back to being that evil empire, that evil squad, right, that operational Death Star, Brian Cashman, this is the way you do it. You go out there and you use those prospects, because let me tell you something. Prospects are a dime a dozen. Right. No matter how good they are, you never know what they're actually going to become. You never know whether or not they're going to be good enough or healthy enough to maintain themselves. 
right? To maintain the value that you assign to them, that you think of them, right? When you become prospect huggy, right? You now have to, to wonder what you could have missed out on by hugging onto and holding onto these prospects. Now, yes, the Yankees' best teams have come with homegrown stars. We get it. I know. I understand. I grew up with this, with with the homegrown stars, the Fab Five: Bernie Williams, Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit, Jorge Posada. I grew up watching these guys, so I understand the value of homegrown stars. Right? You have some homegrown stars that you need to build. On. You need to get them the right kind of reinforcements, right? We spoke about Paul O'Neill a little while ago. Paul O'Neill was an addition to the Yankees that added and helped to that core, right? You had guys on that squad that helped add to that core. Bringing in Freddie Freeman, Carlos Correa to add to Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, right? You want your homegrown stars? Here you go. Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez. Because let me tell you, you get Gary Sanchez an an opportunity to be in a lineup where he doesn't have to be the guy where he can just go out there and swing the bat. This was arguably at one point, at one point, Gary Sanchez was viewed as the most scary threat between the big three of Judge, Stanton, Sanchez. At one point, Sanchez was viewed as the best overall bat between the three of them. Let's not forget that. Gary Sanchez came up in 2016, played two months, and almost won the rookie of the year. There's there's no way that that skill has eroded this quickly, right? But the problem is, is that Gary gets in his head. The problem is, is that all these different coaches throughout all these different years have changed everything about Gary. Getting back to being an evil operational Death Star comes with bringing in serious reinforcements, guys that play with fire and passion and generate hatred. When the Yankees are at their best is when the world, the baseball world hates them. People hate what they want to be. Every team wants to have the history, the legacy of the New York Yankees. The 27 world championships that are constantly being thrown in their face. But that number 27 has hung around for a very, very long time. And it's time that we add another. It's time that we get back to being that Death Star. All right, and, and we're gonna round out. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> close out discussing Aaron Judge and, and a possible extension here, just to kind of close things out before I get too crazy on the rant wheel. But uh, on the Baseball Banter Broadcast YouTube channel, we discussed the possibility of an Aaron Judge extension, and, and I think that it's very important that the Yankees lock up their their star player. You know. Even more so, maybe necessarily than, than bringing in Freddie Freeman or even Carlos Correa, I think locking up Judge long term is going to be of vital importance for the New York Yankees. And I'm going to tell you why, right? 
I, I literally just went on this whole rant, you know, entirely discussing the adding, you know, the possibility of, of players like Correa and Freeman and Chapman and, and whoever else, right? Bringing in those guys is all well and good. And, and when you keep your homegrown superstar in Aaron Judge, that only amplifies your team. It only makes it better, right? So there's a lot of different, you know, numbers that could be thrown out about Aaron Judge. I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear from the the baseball banter broadcast fan base, the pinstripe plunge report fan base. I want to hear from Yankee fans. I want to know what would be the numbers. What how many years would you give Aaron Judge? How much money to keep him as a Yankee for life? This is the question that I want that I want to pose to you guys. Um, you know, head over to baseballbanterbroadcast.com. And you can search for that Aaron Judge extension uh, incoming video. That's the title of the video. And and get my thoughts on on what I think that deal should look like. You know, and the opportunity that the Yankees have to lock up Judge long-term, to keep him as a New York Yankee, not let him hit the free agent market. Because he's a free agent after the 2022 season. So if nothing gets done before that, we could potentially be seeing Aaron Judge playing for a different franchise putting on a different uniform. And, and I don't know about you guys, but as a Yankee fan, I don't want to see that. This is one of the most entertaining players in all of baseball. And I think that it's really important for the Yankees to you know bring him in, sign him long-term, and keep him in pinstripes for the entirety of his career uh, in professional baseball. So, um, let me know your thoughts on this down in the comments. Leave a, a five-star rating and review down in the uh, podcast review form, no matter what f- format or what uh, platform you're listening to this podcast on. you know, Leave us a five-star rating and review. Allow us to, to grow and, and build up the YouTube algorithm, the podcast algorithm, and allow us to, to keep bringing you this kind of content each and every single week. I love the New York Yankees. Obviously, I am a passionate Yankees fan with a lot of opinions. Hence the reason why I'm all over the place. You know, we the with the YouTube channel, the the baseball banter broadcast podcast, here on the Pinstripe Plunge Report podcast. You know, there, there's a few other things I have uh, getting ready in the works, but you know, I, I want to bring you guys my thoughts because I think that in the the day and age that we're living in right now, with the the way that the Yankees have been running their organization there there's going to be a lot of opinions and I need to get mine out there you know and, and not that my opinion is any better than anybody else's it's it's my very own thoughts and feelings and opinions but being able to voice what I feel Yankee fans or at least some section of Yankee fans is, are, are feeling towards what's going on is why I do it you know I, I think that there's an opportunity for Yankee fans to to kind of push forward and, and not just voice their opinion on what's going on with their franchise or, or what they want to happen, but also to the baseball world as a whole. And that's why I do it. You know, I, I love talking baseball. I love discussing the New York Yankees and, and everything in between. You know, the Yankees are my team and have been. And for me, this is an absolute joy and a pleasure. So I want to thank you guys for joining me on this particular episode on this first pilot episode of the pinstripe plunge report podcast so make sure you check back in next week same time same place as i bring you the next episode of the pinstripe plunge report podcast 
So I want to thank you guys. And of course, and as always, let's go Yankees.